Action Church doing okay this morning? Welcome, welcome. Excited to be here. It's always a fun day to, to gather and worship, dive into God's Word, and then celebrate what God is doing in the lives of our congregation uh, through uh, water baptism. So we have that at the end of uh, service today across all of our locations and already seen so many people uh, declare their, their faith, what God has done personally in their life, taking that public today. And just so uh, we were out there, Gabby and Bentley, and I first service just celebrating with, with everyone and just so, so excited for all that God is doing in our church, but in your life personally as well. We're on a journey this fall uh, talking about what it looks like to live differently uh, than the culture in which we live. And we've called this series Uncommon because you and I are called to live a life that is set apart. That if what is common in, in culture in our world today, in a world that does not ascribe to follow Jesus or believe in the Bible or our Christian worldview, we're not followers of Jesus, that we should not fit in. We're called to be in this world, but not of this world. So therefore, in certain areas, in certain activities, thought patterns, behaviors, we should be uncommon. Week one, we talked about an uncommon faith. Week two, we talked about an uncommon grace, that we should have a faith that that saves us and sustains us. We should have a faith that we see things differently than the world sees them. We should have a grace in which we've received from our relationship with Jesus that we should extend to others, that how we treat others should be different than how culture treats people because we have access to an uncommon grace. Last week, we talked about uncommon unity, that as believers, as the local church, as the body of Christ, that we have a common destination that is heaven. We have a common path or purpose that is God's will for our life, and that commonality should breed a, an uncommon unity in which we are stitched together, knit together on purpose as the body of Christ to accomplish what God is calling us to accomplish. Today, I wanna talk about uncommon power, uncommon power. I want to use our theme verse to get started and then dive into this, this topic of, of power today. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors, uncommon, set apart. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will honor God, give honor to God, when he judges the world, that we're only here for a little while. We're temporary residents. This is not our eternal home, so we should live differently. One of the ways that we need to live differently is the, the power in which our source comes from, that our power does not come from ourselves. It comes from our relationship with God and our relationship specifically with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says it like this. Starting in verse 8, we'll go back and read verse 6 and 7. Uh, a little bit later, verse eight, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. That was not very powerful here at Winter Park. There's 900 of you in here. Everybody say power. power. There we go. Gabby actually says this to Kingston every time she uh, gets the opportunity to drop him off at school. She's like, she says some, some verses and things. She goes, Kingston, say power. And then he's like, fire, Jesus. That power or power is what we need. It's an uncommon power. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then, and then you will be my witnesses, that we have to receive something before we do something. We need this uncommon power. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, 
Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We have to be plugged in to this uncommon power source. I want to know who my real Christians are today uh, in the audience. How many of you have helped somebody move in the past year? You've helped somebody move. You are a good Samaritan. You are a servant of Christ. When you were singing that song that if I'm crucified with you, I'll be raised to life. And when you thought about being crucified with Jesus, you thought about helping a friend move. (laughs) There's no greater love than somebody would lay down their life for a friend. That is moving, by the way. You ever had a friend that said the move was going to be easy? And then you were no longer their friend when you came and they had nothing packed and they lived on the fourth floor of an apartment complex and everything that they had was solid wood? I don't know if you're an idiot or a liar, but what I do know is there's no elevator in this building. And this is our last conversation. It's helping somebody move a few years ago, and, and they were uh, in this huge, beautiful uh, kind of entertainment center. They had uh, all the speakers, all the different uh, uh, boxes, TV boxes, sound. Everything was all together. Everything was connected together. And we spent hours moving them. We spent hours taking apart this huge entertainment center at the one place and then putting it together again at the new place. And it was like two or three of us. And we hung the TV above the entertainment center on the wall. And if you remember several years ago when TVs weren't as light as they are now, it took like six grown men and like four back injuries to like get that thing up. The thing weighed like a, a half ton truck. You remember those TVs? And we get everything up there. We get it, all the wires hidden, everything done, get everything plugged into the power strip, put everything against the wall. And then we start grilling out because it's Saturday. And if there's one thing worse than moving, it's asking somebody to move on a Saturday in college football season. We need new friends. Can we just agree we need to go to action steps or small groups, and we need to find us some people that just make better decisions with their life. I just can't trust people that make poor decisions like moving on a Saturday during college football season. So we're cooking. We're grilling out. We sit down to watch the game, press the power button. You know, they got a different remote because this is a highly technological room. And so we got all the remotes, all the smart remotes. We're like dancing, we're holding, we're pointing, we're moving. We're frustrated. We begin to look, make sure all the wires are connected, all the TV's connected. And then finally somebody goes over to the side of the entertainment center and said, hey guys, we forgot to plug the power strip in. (laughs) Everything was plugged in to the power strip, but nothing was plugged into the power source. Some of you today are, are walking through life with everything that looks like it's put together on the outside. Everything's connected, but you're not connected to the power source. You're not plugged into an uncommon power that only comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, Others of you are all wired, all plugged in, but you've allowed some things in the walls of your life to to trigger some things, to trip some things. And, And today, our time together is not plugging you in, you're already plugged in, but we got to press that GFI reset switch because you've allowed some things that have tripped some things and you're no longer connected to the source, not because you're not plugged in, but because you've been tripped or you've been triggered or you have need a reset. 
Others of you today may have everything plugged in and everything fine, but there's some structural things wrong and you need to flip the switch. You need to get some priorities back in order. You need to go to that breaker box and something has flipped the breaker. You need to go back and make sure everything is turned on and organized structurally so that you can operate at full power. We need power if we're gonna go to the ends of the earth, if we're gonna go to the end of this week. Come on, some of you got kids. If you're gonna make it through today, I gotta receive some power, but, but not a common power, an uncommon power. In fact, I wanna compare and contrast in our time together this morning a common power versus a, an uncommon power. What it looks like to walk in our, our own strength versus God's strength. And I wanna use a character in scripture just for a moment, Peter, and I wanna compare and contrast what he did under his own power and what he did once he received the power the uncommon power of the, the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you've been in church, you remember Peter. Peter was always kind of gung-ho. He was always excited. He was passionate. He would have been the first in line. He would have been the first one on Surf Saturday. He would have had the most chairs. Come on, at Oviedo, stacking stuff. He would have been the first one there at Set Up and Tear Down. He also would have been the first one to say something stupid. Come on, Mount Transfiguration, God comes, his presence falls, and Peter's trying to build huts. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, hey, we should build something for everybody. And Jesus is like, hey, we're, we're doing something a little bit more important here, Peter. He's the one that was called the, the rock that I will build my church and get behind me, Satan. He's the one that denied Jesus three times, even to a small little child. He, he was known for saying dumb things for years and for years. In his own power, he denied Jesus with his words, but in Acts 1.8, we see him preaching the gospel of Jesus, and the only thing that was different was that the power of God had fallen on him, that he received an uncommon power. See, when Peter denied Jesus, we see Jesus having his first conversation with him in John chapter 21. I'd love for you to read it on your, on your own time. I don't have to read it, uh, time to read it today, but we see Jesus restoring confronting and giving clear instructions to Peter. Jesus sees him on the shore and he begins to have this conversation. He says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, of course I love you. He said, well, take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, of course I love you. Well, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Of course I love you. He asked him three times because he denied him three times and Peter realizes what's happening. And he promises, yes, I love you, Lord. Okay, then, then feed my sheep. See, what Jesus shows us here in John 21, just mere moments or days before Acts chapter one, we're at the end of John, right before Jesus' ascension post-resurrection, he comes to Peter, just like is available to you and to me, and he offers restoration. He offers relationship. I know that you messed up. I know that you denied. I know that you betrayed. And we may give Peter a hard time, but our own sin has done the same things that Peter did, we have denied him with our decisions, we have betrayed him with our choices. And so he comes in and he says, hey, there's restoration. But there's also an objective. So relationship first, but if you love me, then you're going to do something with that love. You're not just gonna let it stop with you, you're going to take care of people, you're going to serve people, you're going to pray for people. And then the very next chapter, maybe the very next couple of days, we see Jesus ascending to heaven and he's saying, hey, I've given restoration. I've given a purpose and now I've got to give you some power to actually walk this thing out. Yeah. 
Peter goes from denying Jesus to Acts chapter one and two, preaching Jesus and 3,000 people getting saved in a moment. He wasn't bold enough to confess Jesus in front of a girl at night. And now he's standing in front of thousands after Jesus has been crucified and resurrected. It wasn't like the fear was gone. It wasn't like the religious leaders were gone. It wasn't like the attack was gone. But now there was a difference because he had power. An uncommon power. Today's question that I want to answer is, what does God's uncommon power produce? In the Old Testament, God's spirit came upon people. But because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit can now reside and stay with us. We have access to a power relationally. In the last earthly conversation we see with Jesus and the disciples, we see in verses six and seven as he goes to heaven, he says, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Then he goes on to tell them they will receive power and what to do. They were trying to to get Jesus to solve their earthly problems, and Jesus is like, you missed it, guys, for three years. I didn't come to solve earthly problems. I came to solve eternal problems. They wanted him to take over. Hey, is this now when we pay everybody back? Is this now when we... When we fight, now Israel overthrows, and Jesus like, you kind of missed the point. I came to build my Father's kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. Oftentimes, God's power is not always what we want it to be or look like in our life because it's not our power. It's the Holy Spirit's power. And he wants to find people that will give him access in their lives to place that power. We will receive power, an uncommon power, Power. I want to give you four things, four things that would be a, an earthly power or a common power versus an eternal or an uncommon power. The first one, write this down if you're taking notes, is confidence. Confidence versus courage. A common power would be a, a confidence. A uncommon power that we receive from the Holy Spirit would be courage. Acts chapter 4. Verse 13 says this, when they saw the courage, the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and watched where they turned their attention and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Their courage came from their source, which was their affiliation or their relationship with Jesus. If we settled for a self-made self-confidence, let's reread that scripture, when they saw the confidence of Peter and John, they realized how successful how practical, how passionate, how experienced. They were astonished by their good deeds or their intellect. No, because our confidence is something that we stand on our own with. Our courage is something that we receive because we've been 
with Jesus. If not careful, confidence leaves us stagnant because we're, we're good. And we get the credit. When our courage comes from a power source that is our relationship with Jesus, it's no longer a confidence in self, it's a confidence in the call. A confidence in something bigger, bigger than yourself. They were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note because these men had been with Jesus. There's something bigger to live for. There's something bigger that drives us when our when our courage comes from our power source that is our relationship with Jesus and walked out through our relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's what gives us the boldness to go, the boldness to declare, the, the boldness to not just stand on our own two feet and say, God, where would you have me to go? It's just a different way. Courage, it's like I have to do something with this power. Confidence can leave us stagnant in waiting because we're good. Confidence can leave us on the sidelines because I'm content. Confidence can leave us arrogant because I did this. Courage says I just, I found something from someone that I could never find on my own and I have to do something with it. It may be a silly example, but I, but I think it works. How many of you uh, work out consistently? Any, anybody work out in here? 44 people, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty, maybe maybe a little bit more often, uh, but it's fine. There's no, no judgment here, um, but maybe. I had somebody say one time, my, my, uh, my, my fitness goals, that, that my, my belly doesn't jiggle when I brush my teeth. And so that's, that's kind of why I am at 40. Like, I'm not trying to have a six-pack. I'm just trying not to jiggle at normal things. You may have followed the podcast, but I actually pulled a muscle in my arm the other day getting ready for pickleball. My shoes were a little too tight, and I pulled up, and I pulled this muscle right here. So I'm just saying we get ready, getting hurt, getting ready now these days. And so work it out. Anybody, once again, working out, working out? How many of you ever worked out before? Usually through January 1st through 10th. Yeah, that's you. Double, triple here at Winter Park. Well, back when I was in uh, college, um, I used to, to work out a lot and uh, loved to go to the gym, played a lot of basketball, did a lot of lifting, but I was really big into to protein and, uh, and pre-workout back then. And there was a pre-workout, I don't know if it's still around, if you represent, I don't know, I heard I got in a lawsuit for liver damage, but I used to drink that thing like it was water, and it was called Jack 3D. And I don't know if that's still around, but if it is, you probably shouldn't take it. I read some stuff that's bad for your liver. And so... If you take it, maybe me and you can get on a list together uh, to get a liver transplant. Uh, but the thing about Jack 3D is that name was exactly what would happen. If you didn't start working out in about nine minutes after taking Jack 3D, your skin would start burning, kind of crawling, your hair would stand up, your ears would begin to kind of get hot, your toes would kind of curl. Like there was... There was something on the inside of you that had to be put in motion or you were literally going to die. And that is the uncommon power of, of courage and boldness that there is something that God has done on the inside of me that I can't settle for confidence or contentment. There's a courage on the inside of me that I've got to go into all the world. Like if I don't do this, my skin is crawling, my toes are curling because there's something that God has put on the inside of me that's got to get out and we cannot settle for a common contentment or confidence. We've got to have a courage and a boldness. They were unschooled, ordinary men, but people were astonished because they had been with Jesus. There was something that had happened on the inside of them that had to be worked out on the 
outside so that people could see it. We can't settle for confidence. We have to have an uncommon power that comes from courage. Here's the second thing. Write this down. Security. Security versus meekness. Security versus meekness. Security is the power to stay. and It's not a bad thing. It's actually an admirable thing. It's a great characteristic of a human to be secure in your skin and to not wrestle with insecurity or or, or, or pride, but, but to be secure. Security is the power to stay. Meekness is the power to stand in any situation. How do we operate in the power of God, the uncommon power? It's We walk in meekness, which the Bible says is true power. It's godly power. Matthew 5 says, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. Meek defined as strength, harnessed, or, or power under control. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You know why? Because God can trust them. God can trust somebody that is humble and meek, that doesn't have to prove a point every time, that doesn't have to win every argument, doesn't have to always be right, that doesn't have to be secure in their own self. They're, they're secure in a, a God that's on the inside of this that produces meekness. And then blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Check out verse eight. We camped out on this first service. I want to do it again. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's not allegorical. That's not symbolism. That's not super spiritual. It's really just saying blessed are the pure in heart because when you empty yourself of you, you allow yourself to be full of what God wants in your life. Like it's not a not this thing to just do all the right things and check all the right boxes. It's literally this lifestyle or this posture in which less of me and more of God. We say all the time here at Action Church that God sends no one away empty-handed except those that are full of themselves. This this idea we've been talking about in worship at Encounter Nights that when we come into God's presence, we remove the distractions, we remove the opinions, we remove our preferences, we clear out this vessel so that it can be then filled with the Holy Spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God because we get out of their own way. It says, blessed are the peacemakers. God can trust the humble because he gets a vessel, an empty vessel, to use for his glory. I need you to check this when it comes to, to meekness today and humility. If you need the credit, you will never get the uncommon power. If you need the credit, like I need to make sure people know what I did or what I said or who I am, you will never get the power because this thing's not about you. God's not building your house, your kingdom, your success, your empire. He's building his kingdom. And we are called to play a part in building that. You will not walk in uncommon power from the Holy Spirit if you need to get the credit for it. We're called to have strength, but strength in reserves, strength that comes from the Lord. Power not to prove a point, but power to live on purpose. Power not to to prove a point, but power to extend to people that are hurting. It's meekness over security. Security isn't what I can do, what I can build. Meekness is saying, no, God has given me something that I could never deserve, and so I just, I have this power that I have harnessed to use for his glory and for the benefit of others. The next one is this, it's messages versus prophecy. It's messages versus prophecy. What I'm talking about here is, has anybody ever gone through anything in their life? 
It's the same amount of people that worked out. <laughs> just feel like we're, church is really growing right now with a lot of Baptists and Methodists, Pastor Eddie. They just don't, they don't raise their hands. Just here, to, just here to watch. Make sure this place is good. Probably got a lot of family here for baptisms today. They're like, I don't really know about this place. Well, we've been 10 years in. We don't really know about it either, but we just keep, we keep coming back. You know, we, we have this idea that, have this idea that we're walking with somebody through something tough. We have to have something to say. And in our own power, we can have wisdom. We can have strategy, we can have positivity, we can even bring in some happiness. What I'm comparing here is when we're walking through the worst of times or even the best of times, I'm saying, what power are we walking in? Like, do we have words from from here or do we have words from God? Like, do we have something to say or do we know that we have the thing to say? Believers walking uncommon power, walking in a relationship with God, and we're close enough to God that he actually speaks to us through our time with him, and when people are walking through something or just walking by us in the lobby, God will give us words for people. Let me define prophecy before you get off the rails on this. It's, it's, it's one of the nine manifestation gifts. We talked about it last year or earlier this year, but it's not words of knowledge. That's supernatural knowledge that God gives you in a situation to maybe bring about relationship or change. It's not even the supernatural gift of wisdom where you have wisdom beyond your years or beyond your understanding. Prophecy is simply defined all throughout Scripture as an exhortation, an affirmation, or a correction from somebody from Scripture, basically declaring, here's what God says to your situation. And I don't know about you, but I've walked in rooms where I'm really glad that I don't have to lean like the Bible says, on my own understanding that I don't have to be scared about what I'm gonna say because I'm not leaning on what I thought, what I was worried about, what I came up with. I don't have messages from me. I have words from God. Thank you, Pastor Eddie. I'm gonna be really honest. There's a little gap in the stage over there and I thought I was falling off. Just if you saw my eyes, that was a spirit of fear. Timothy says, for God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love, something else, and a sound mind. I thought I was going to die. There's a crack right here, and it goes down about two inches, and I thought I was coming over here in the student section. And my question is, would you have caught me? That's my question. Stage dive, would you have caught me? I don't know. I don't know. That's a long gap. My heart's racing. I need a, I need a word from the Lord. I need power, Eddie. I don't need... I don't need somebody to come over here and try and catch me. I need a supernatural move of God to extend the stage. Red Sea style. Here's the idea. The idea is that we can, we can bring in ourselves or we can bring in the power of God. I've heard so many things, messages from people that help me, but, and even help me for a moment. Let me say it this way. Messages can convince you of something in a moment but then can be convinced later on. A, a prophecy, a word from God will convict you and it will lead to change and something that nobody can argue you out of. Like, no, God said this, I'm gonna stand on this. And we're walking through real life stuff, which we will. I don't need your opinion. I don't need your positivity. I need something to stand on, which that comes from the word 
of God. It says this in Acts chapter two, verse 17 and 18, talks about prophecy. It's not just an Old Testament thing, by the way. This is the reintroduction of prophecy in the New Testament, which we all should, should, should live out. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14, I don't have time to read it, but it says, I, I wish that everyone, but even more that you would prophesy, everyone would prophesy, and greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may receive edification, that there's this idea that we're called to bring this into the situations and not just this. It's not just self-help, it's God's help. And when you don't know what to say, lean on God and allow him to give you something to stand on. It's prophecies over messages. Here's the last one, write this down. It's change versus miracles. Again, Security is a good thing. You will live a fulfilled life if you walk in security. Confidence is a good thing as long as it's in the right things, doesn't turn to arrogance. Positive messages for people, being an encourager, being a happy person, all good things. Life change, good things. But what I'm telling you is there's a natural thing that's good and there's an opportunity for a supernatural thing that's uncommon and better. Changes versus miracles. John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26 says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. He ends with the question, do you believe this? And that's my question for you today. Do you believe this? Do you believe that there is power available? Do you believe that Jesus being raised from the dead, that there's resurrection power available? The Bible declares the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in me. It just changes things. It's life changes versus eternal changes. There's a difference between changing something now and the temporary and changing something eternally, which is a miracle. And I'll be honest with you today, you plus effort equals change. So if you put some more effort into raising your family, guess what? Your family will probably be healthier. Come on, if you put some more effort into your marriage, your, your, do a date night, intentionally pursue your spouse, maybe say something nice or thank you every once in a while, guess what? You're probably gonna get some positive change. You save more and spend less, your finances are gonna change. You study more, grades are probably gonna change. So many things you can do and change your effort and make changes in your life. But the only changes that will sustain be transformed and be uncommon is when you invite God into the middle of it. Resurrection power, uncommon power. God plus you plus effort doesn't equal change, it equals miracles. Not just better, but different. 
not just from good to bad, but from death to life, not just incrementally feeling better, but true healing and restoration in your relationships, in your lives, in your purpose, in your future. When you invite God into it, you, you begin to say, I am not the source, He is the source. When He is the source, you don't get tired of being a better father because you aren't the source of the change. You don't get tired of being a better spouse because you didn't make that decision to just put all your effort. You made that decision to plug into the power source. And I'm just here to tell you today, if you're relying on you, you will always fall short. But if you plug into an uncommon power, there is no power shortage. You will not burn out. You will not be destroyed. That is not my opinion. That is a promise from God that you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And by the way, that is not just practical. That is symbolic. If you will receive power and you'll be my witnesses in your homes and in your spheres of influence, both locally, regionally, nationally, and globally, it gives you the power to live differently in every area of your life. So where are you today? Are you all buttoned up? Except you don't have the power strip plugged into the power source. Maybe you're plugged in, but you've allowed something into the walls of your life that has tripped the source. It's distracted you. It's disconnected you. Maybe it's more practical. Maybe it's your priorities today. Maybe not God is a part of your life, but he's a thing in your life, not the thing in your life. You need to flip that switch back and make sure everything's in order. I don't know where you are, but I know if I, I speak for me in different seasons of my life, I've been in all three. There was a time where I didn't know Jesus. There was a time where I did not know the access I had to the full power of the presence of God. There was times in my life where I'd allowed things in that disconnected me and a reset. And there's times in my life where I prioritized other things. And all of those things can be reset today. We can press a button, we can flip a switch, or we can plug in. And my prayer is that you and I all walk out of here individually, in our families, and congregationally walking in uncommon power. This world is crazy, y'all. I can't settle, we can't settle for just a confidence in what we can do or what we've done. We can't settle for security. I'm good. What happens when you're not good? What happens when it's not on the other side of the world, it's in your world? What power are you gonna rely on? What happens when something really needs to be said you don't want it to come from here. You want it to come from in here, the power and the word of God. And what happens when you need real change? Not just a change in perspective, not just something that will last for a season, but you need real miracles in your life. Are you connected to the source? I wanna give that opportunity today to plug in, to reset or flip that switch and connect to uncommon power. If you bow your heads at all of our locations, every head bowed and every eye closed, love to pray for you before we get to baptisms today. Church, every head bowed and every eye closed across all of our locations here at Winter Park, Sanford, Oviedo, 
If you say, Pastor, that's me today, and I, I need to connect to the power of God. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. We've talked around it today, but Jesus being the perfect Son of God, living a, a sinless life. He lived for you perfectly because you could not. He died as you, a sinner's death, because that's what you and I deserved. He was raised to new life, giving us victory over sin in the grave. He's wanting to have that same moment he had with Peter today. He wants to restore, and he wants to set you on a new path, and he wants to give you power, but it starts with you and I surrendering our life to his lordship, giving him complete control of our life. If that's you today and you wanna surrender your life to the lordship of Jesus, I would love to pray with you across all of our auditoriums today. If that is you, you wanna commit your life to Jesus for the first time or for the first time in a long time, reset, maybe. I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you are and say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Got three or four over here. Yep, gotcha. Right there, second row. Gotcha. Yep, right in the middle. Anybody else? Yep, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, yes, yes. Seven, eight, nine over here. Proud of you. In the stadium. Gotcha. A little further back. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Oviedo in Sanford. Maybe somebody online. Anybody else before we pray? Got you right there, man. Yes, ma'am. Holy Spirit's moving here. Just plugging back in. First time, resetting. Amen. Put your hands down. If you raised your hand, would you pray this in your heart as I prayed out loud? Say something like this. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And today, I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. God, I give you that place, complete and total control. Have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us, those that have just plugged into the power source, I pray for us, maybe Christians in here, God, that we would remove everything and allow you to reset us today. Or maybe we need to get some things in order and flip the switch back with you as the priority. Whatever it is, let us take those steps and pursue you. We love you. We're believing for uncommon power in our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen. And amen, church, can we celebrate all the decisions that were just made? Come on, really celebrate them.